It's Big Week on Tumblr for the week of October the 3rd, 2022. Taken, or Dream, aka Clay, is one of, if not the biggest Minecraft YouTuber out there. And since he started out online, he's always hidden his face, using his iconic smiley face avatar to stand in for him. This has led to years of speculation about what he looks like and all sorts of headcanons and imagines involving his identity. An absolutely seismic wave shook Minecraft YouTuber and the rest of the internet when Dream announced that he would finally be revealing his face. He had a few reasons, but the reason Tumblr focused on the most was the fact that he was about to be hanging out with more of his fellow Minecraft players and wanted to be able to collaborate more freely with them. The reveal happened on Sunday night and the reaction was explosive. The Tumblr tag is filled with endless amounts of screenshots, art, adoring text posts, and a lot of obsessing over a jawline. Dream fans are doing plenty of defending of their fave, from people being critical over how he looks or the way he went about revealing it, but overall there's been an upswell of supportive positivity and hopefulness for the future of the new Dream content, with added cute face. Dream was taken was one of the most click tags six days in a row, and we're sure that will only continue as he keeps up with all the selfies and front-facing videos. are in and Tumblr agrees. The interview with the Vampire TV reboot is, in fact, gay enough. We'd like to note that there's only a couple episodes of this show out so far and it's still literally all anyone can talk about. And it makes perfect sense if you think about what website you're on right now. The reboot has almost everything Tumblr loves. Canon queer relationships, vampires, and is set way back in the 1910s. All it's missing is pirates, probably. The interview with the vampire tag is active, to say the least. There's so many gift sets, many of the exact same set of gifts, you know the ones, comparisons between the show and the 1994 film, and even comparisons between the Lustat ship and Hanagram from the Hannibal TV series. Because of all the posts that mention both shows, we've even seen Hannibal and Hanagram appear frequently in trending throughout the week, and both have made major jumps on our fandom metrics lists. Interview with the Vampire was one of the top three most clicked topics for the last seven days in a row, and Hannibal was one of the most clicked tags four days in a row in the past week, which is especially impressive considering the latter show ended in 2015. With more episodes coming weekly, we expect Tumblr's newest vampire obsession to continue. They finally did it, folks. Creators of Trick or Treat Scooby-Doo did what so many others attempted but never fully succeeded at over the years. It officially made lesbian Velma Dinkley canon. In the newest Scooby-Doo film, Velma is shown to have a crush on costume designer and all-around girl boss Coco Diablo, and it's the cutest thing ever. The adorable scene is pretty much the most gift scene in the Velma tag right now. There's a lot of discussion in the Velma, Velma Dinkley, and Scooby-Doo tags around the previous Scooby-Doos, especially that one movie with lesbian Jesus herself, Haley Kiyoko. In thoughtful text posts that explore the theory that each of the Scooby-Doo films and TV series take place in separate universes. 
The tags are also filling up quickly with really sweet fan art of Velma and Coco. We especially love that one fan art of the mystery machine in the colors of the lesbian flag. Scooby-Doo, Trick-or-Treat Scooby-Doo, and Lesbian were all among the most clicked tags on October 5th, one day after the film was released, with Scooby-Doo coming in at number one. We fully expect many of those tags to appear on our Week in Review and Fantametrics lists on Monday. We have a very special guest today. Joining us is writer, film analyst, and podcaster BJ Colangelo. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm very excited. (laughs) So we like to have guests on just to just chat about the things that they are passionate about, things that they're into. Um, So what is something that you are very passionate about? You are catching me during my busiest time of the year because I am extremely passionate about horror films uh, and especially films that uh, I like to call them dismissed cinema as well. Um, Any film that comes from a genre that people like to make fun of people for loving, those are usually the types of films that I like to champion. And we're right in spooky season. So this is when I get to be the belle of the ball. Oh, that is amazing because Halloween is without question the biggest holiday on Tumblr. Everyone goes crazy for spooky season. Absolutely, they do. And it's always really exciting to see just like the gift sets that people make. And a lot of times I think that is one of the strongest ways to introduce a new movie to somebody is you get them with that gift set and suddenly it's, where is the streaming? How can I find this? I need to know more. And that's so powerful. Oh, the number of shows and movies I have watched just because a gift gift set showed up on my dashboard, like countless, countless. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is, I mean, the the gift makers are truly the evangelists on Tumblr. They truly are. And it's also why it's so strange to me that so many streaming services have been cracking down on the ability to screenshot things. Obviously, we all have figured out workarounds by now, but legally, I'm not going to say what those are. But it's so strange because the gift sets are so powerful. They work so much stronger than somebody being like, hey, this movie's good. You should check it out because now you have evidence of why you should check it out. Right, right. You have that visual appeal of like, okay, like maybe I maybe I saw a trailer for this or I, I saw a post about it, but like now I'm actually getting some of the content from the film and it's got that that hook to it. Definitely. So what is what are some of your favorite horror films? I, I have to confess I am a wuss when it comes to scary things. <laughs> so I have not seen that many horror films. <laughs> That is totally fine. And I am one of those horror fans that completely understands, hey, we all have our limits. We all have different different levels of what we are able to consume. But fortunately, horror is one of those genres that is extremely expansive. So even if you are someone who gets a little nervous, you can look at something like a Coraline where it's got some creepy imagery, but you know maybe you're not going to have nightmares at night or question <laughs> <laughs> how you're going to live your life the way that you know, like Final Destination 2 has changed the way all of us 
drive forever and no one's ever going behind a logging truck ever again. I, um, I, I do every time. Um, every time I see a logging truck, I do think about Final Destination too. I don't, yeah, yeah, like there's a lot of power to that. Jaws made people afraid to go in the water. Psycho made people afraid to take showers. Final Destination 2 made us never want to be behind a logging truck ever again. It's true. Um, it's true. <laughs> but as far as horror, I, I love teen horror. That's my my golden era. So anything between, you know, slasher films, obviously Jennifer's Body is a huge one for a lot of people. There is a new movie out right now on Shudder I quite like called Sissy. And it's about a girl who is kind of like one of those wellness, like mental health, like think positive girl, sort of Instagram gurus. And then she crosses paths with her old high school classmates who know the truth of who she really is. And she is not uh this empowered, independent, mentally well person that the internet has led her to believe. So it's really fun to kind of peel back behind the curtains of what do we actually know about all of these, you know, influencers that we follow online and think that we know their lives. It's really creepy. Um, So that one I've really been liking. But I'm also a big fan of anything lesbian vampire because I am a lesbian. And if I think if you're a lesbian who likes horror, you have to like lesbian vampire movies or like we get kicked (laughs) out of the club. What did you think about Fresh Kill? I, okay, I have mixed feelings about Fresh Kill. I wish that Fresh Kill had more seasons to really expand the world that it was building because it felt like a show that was so close. It was so close to being great, but just missed the mark for me a little bit. And I think had they been given a little bit more room to grow, it could have been something really incredible. But alas, it was canceled a little prematurely. It's such a bummer. Everyone on Tumblr was very disappointed that it didn't get renewed. Yeah, and I think rightfully so, especially because we've been seeing a lot of, you know, stories about young queer women or just queer women in general that have been canceled way too soon, especially from the genre space. I was devastated when Paper Girls was announced as being canceled through a tantrum, full Mm. adult crying about not being able to see my little baby (laughs) preteens going through time and space. Oh, it's brutal. And you're right. Like, we have... In in recent years, and it feels like a lot in this year, we have gotten a lot of representation. You know, we've got Mm -hmm. the Heartstopper adaptation. Like, I love that. Um, You know, we've got uh, The Owl House, again, a show that's being canceled too early. But Mm -hmm. having the representation of, like, young queer folks is so important for us to be, for everyone to be seeing these stories on the big screen or the little screen. And it's incredibly disappointing when we get these stories, we get these worlds, and then they get canceled. It sucks. It's really heartbreaking, especially when it's something like a series where we've dedicated already so many hours to falling in love with these characters and wanting to see their journey. And then it sort of is just taken out from underneath us. I tend to lean towards films because my heart gets broken a little less because (laughs) a lot of times uh, they weren't planning on making a franchise or something. So I can just sit and watch like do revenge and enjoy my day with Maya Hawk and not have to worry (laughs) about it being taken from me. Like, nope, she's fine. She's still here. I can revisit this whenever I feel like it. But yeah, things like Paper Girls and Owl House and, you know, I could just laundry list at this point because there's been so many cancellations. That's it, It's hard. And it's especially hard when you find a character that you relate to and that you see yourself in. And it almost feels like you're interrupting your healing process of healing that inner teen. Oh, that is a really good way of putting it. And you're 100% correct. Yeah. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I have a lot of feelings about uh, teen media. I mean, as a former teen, I am definitely an adult now, but we talk so much about healing our inner child. And, you know, you know, I love watching shows like Craig of the Creek for sure. Not horror at all, but I just love it. And it's like, oh, this is my work to hear my, heal my inner child. But then like something like Paper Girls was to help me, you know, heal my inner teen. Like those, those early years when I was the most awkward and so unsure of myself and, you know, that got taken from me and it's like, oh, I guess I guess I have to go to therapy now and do the real work. <laughs> it's so much easier when you can process vicariously. Like having to actually process yourself is brutal. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's one of the things that draws me towards horror is because it's one of, it's one of those genres that allows the safe distance to sort of navigate a lot of these negative emotions. So Mm -hmm. instead of having to understand the grieving process because I lose someone in my real life, I can watch Tony Collette do it in Hereditary and kind of vicariously grieve through her and learn how I process those emotions. Yeah, there's so there's so many themes within different subgenres of horror that are applicable to to IRL life, you know, the feelings of loss, the feelings of existential dread, of fear of the unknown, you know, like it I can understand why the genre is so, so popular and so beloved by everyone. Yes. And it's it's an extremely expansive genre. For one, it's one of the oldest that exists and it's never really died down in popularity the way that, you know, sci-fi kind of goes in waves, fantasy goes in waves, horror is evergreen. It never goes away. That's true. And it's because fear is one of those universal emotions that we all experience, but what scares us is not universal. It's very different. So it's allowed all of these different avenues for storytelling and all these different ways for creatives to sort of assess their own anxieties, whether it be with the world around them or something personal to their lived experience or a, you know, social response to something. A lot of horror is response to things that are going on socially, which is why the last couple of years, all of our movies have been about trauma (laughs) because everyone was at home for two years doing nothing but thinking about themselves and going, oh, I should probably unpack this. And I like to think that now we're finally kind of creeping out of that and we're getting back into wanting to have fun with horror movies. Um, So now we can go back to having escapism, which I think is kind of the general feeling everybody is sort of having regardless of the genre they're in. Oh, totally. Everyone wants that escape. They want to dive into new worlds. They want to fall in love with new characters. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. (laughs) So, and I just got to ask your opinion. Speaking of vampires, have you seen the new interview with the vampire that just came out on AMC? I have seen the new interview with the vampire. I am of two minds about it. On one mind, I definitely grew up with the novel. It's very seminal to my my being. Um, I am a huge apologist for the movie with Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Um, wish they would have made it gayer. And now I get this new series where they do make it gayer and it's very nice. Um, it does also sort of undo a bit of the, uh, the racism problems that uh, existed in the previous ones. Um, as somebody who works in, you know, film analysis, I have seen more episodes that are available and I can't uh, talk about them, but okay. I will say I think the show is doing something really incredible and it's already been greenlit for a second season. So any problems that I think people will have from the first season, they're going to have the space to be able to work it out. Okay, and that's, that's exciting. That bodes really well cuz like you, like I 
have read almost all of the Vampire Chronicles. Like, I have a copy of the Vampire Lestat on my bookshelf behind me um, that I've had for 20 years, 25 years. Um, (laughs) Watching the first episode, for me, I was just like, oh, they're telling this story really well. Mm -hmm. And they're making it really gay. And I love that for (laughs) everyone involved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's been really delightful to see how willing they were to just go for it. Because I do think that when when the movie was made, we just weren't there yet culturally. And we're finally at a place now where it's still rough. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say like, we're in a post-homophobic world. We're not. Um, But we are at a place where I think creatives are are willing to take that risk and say, you know what, it's in the text. We're we're just going to let it happen. And if you have a problem with it, that's a whole lot of your problem. Right. Exactly. Like, don't like it. Don't watch it. <laughs> exactly. It's so easy to just not watch something. Exactly. I don't know why that's hard for people to understand. <laughs> well, BJ, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you? Absolutely. I write every day over at Slash Film, but I am mostly online at BJ Colangelo. That's my handle all across the internet. And I co-host the podcast, This Ends at Prom, with my wife, Harmony, where we analyze coming-of-age films targeted towards teen girl audiences or about teen girls through my perspective as a teen movie apologist who grew up on them (laughs) and my wife's perspective, who she is a trans woman. So a lot of these movies that were formative to my upbringing, she completely missed due to her her socialization as a child. So it's a lot of fun. We're in spooky season. So lots of horror movies, lots of goodness. Um, But you can get that wherever you listen to your podcasts. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's it for Big Week on Tumblr. Let's see. If you combined this week's trends, you would get a vampire lesbian who streams Minecraft. Sounds amazing. Let's greenlight it. (laughs) 